Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of The Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. So happy to be with you. <laughs> I am still on Deer Isle, Maine. And by the way, if you just like to see where I am, uh, we do rent our house in the summer. And uh, for some of the weeks that we're not able to use it, helps us to be able to afford to keep it. And... Um, so we have, I have a little advertisement for it on jenniferhadley.com. So if you go to the events page of jenniferhadley.com in the sidebar, uh, you will see the, um, ad for Blue Arches, uh, our family home in Maine on Deer Isle and, Gosh, it's so nice here. I'm so happy to be here. I'm literally sitting outside on the porch, have laptop, will travel, and uh, I'm so grateful that I get to, uh, by method of Skype, tune into the control room in Unity Village and join with Jeff Comfort, my excellent uh, engineer, to bring you this live broadcast from Deer Isle, Maine. Watching the tide go out, uh, sit, not sitting on the dock of the bay, sitting on the porch, watching the tide go out and the blue herons and the seagulls, etc. And that's just the chipmunks and the little red squirrels and all of that. And uh, so I'm bringing you that, that beauty, that summer gorgeousness. It's a perfect day unfolding here. So let's begin as we always do. In aligning with God's will, that's our topic today, God's will for us, understanding what that is so we don't resist it, we go with it. And uh, I always like to begin with a prayer, so with my hand on my heart, I declare my willingness to know God's will and to recognize God's will in my heart my mind and my life. I am so grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to surrender all false beliefs, all belief in lack, attack, limitation, and separation falls away. We make a holy offering of it, no longer needing these thoughts of separation and limitation. We're moving out of the lack and attack and into an awareness of perfect love. That is what we are. This is what we're teaching and sharing. It's what we're extending. It's what we're enabling. It's what we're interested in. We are grateful and thankful to join together for the holy purpose of remembering and recognizing the mighty I Am Presence, the higher Holy Spirit Self, that this is our true identity. And we're surrendering all false beliefs and false identification. In gratitude, sharing the benefits with all, we let it be. We allow it to fully be the truth of our life and being, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. 
Yes. Yes. So I I was sharing in my Masterful Living class last night, my year-long program. And uh, gosh, I love uh, this time of year in our Masterful Living course because uh, people have changed a lot since the beginning of the year and their willingness has increased so much. And uh, it's such a joy to recognize that it gets easier and easier to do the work. Uh, and even when it's super challenging, people are not giving up. They're saying, no, I see that, that there's a miracle coming. I see it. I feel it. I'm willing to, to not give up before the miracle. And the shift in people's hearts and minds and in their energy that takes place over the course of many months of uh, steady effort and willingness it's paying off more and more, and I'm so grateful to be able to share in that. So we, I was remembering as we were talking, people were uh, talking about the challenges and and uh, how the, the the we start to feel that things are going better. We're feeling good, feeling in tune feeling like the clouds are lifting, the fog is burning off, the sun is starting to shine in our heart, in our mind. We're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, using every metaphor I can think of. And then, bam, suddenly we're acting with anger, with resentment, with hurt, with blame, with shame, attack, attack, attack. The feelings of lack, 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 limitation abounds, and it feels like a hurricane has hit uh, internally and sometimes externally too. God bless the, the beautiful folks who are uh, immersed in the water and the wind and uh, really struggling in the south part of uh, America right now. God bless them and their road to recovery. Uh, When it feels like, oh no, I haven't made any progress at all. Oh no, I'm still in this place. Oh my God, when will this particular form of torture slash punishment slash pain ever end will it never end oh my god this is such a slippery slope when will i ever rise above it is it even possible i remember feeling that way so often so often it was so discouraging and so often and i would say literally Most of the time, maybe 95% of the time, I didn't want to tell anyone, didn't want to tell my prayer partners, my spiritual friends. I I could hardly tell anyone how demoralized I felt, how defeated I felt, how helpless and hopeless I felt. How could I take that to um, my minister and the 
the my teachers and the people I admired. Oh no, they'll they'll just think what I think about me, which is there's something terribly wrong with me. How is it that I can study this for years and still be experiencing these same waves of shame and regret and resentment and hurt and because uh, I I had this very strong pattern of you know I I just I can't be in relationship with these people I I have to get out of here I I can never do this this can never work for me and for a long time and I mean 20 years or more 25 years I had a repetitive thought when things didn't go well with my friend with my boyfriend with my brother with my mother with uh my coworker whoever it was the thought would come into my mind you see this is why I can't have good relationships with people. You see, this is it right here. This this kind of a thing is why I can't trust anyone. This is why I can never whatever. Again and again and again. It was my knee-jerk reaction. And what I was sharing in Masterful Living class last night is I do not have those thoughts any more it doesn't mean that i still don't feel some residue of those patterns and those beliefs because i do i i just spent um oh nine days with my family and uh i was sharing in class last night that um i guess it was the day before um there was uh I was trying to get into the shower. I had fallen out of my kayak and I was soaking wet and I needed to get a shower before dinner. My nephew was in the bathroom and um, my nephew, Ben, he has no problem taking a 30 to 40 minute shower. And I kid you not, he is the longest showerer I've ever known. And um, he was in the shower and I was knocking on the door and shouting to him. He, he wasn't hearing me. He was in his reverie in the shower. And uh, so I asked my brother to, you know, to see if he could intercede and just cause find out when Ben was going to be done. Anyway, my brother, uh, I asked him, just find out how much longer he thinks he'll be in there. That's all I want to know. But my brother didn't ask him that question. He said, he said, uh, you know, Jennifer needs to get in the shower. Uh, hurry up. And so I said, can you just ask him? And my brother got mad at me. He said, Boy, you, you, I don't know really why he got mad at me. Um, and it didn't make sense that he got mad at me. He said, and he, my brother was saying, I, I, I don't know what you want from me. I don't know what you want from me. I said, I just wanted to know how much longer. And I said it just like that. I just wanted to know how much longer Ben thought he would be. And uh, because there are other options, I could go outside for 10 minutes if he's going to be 10 minutes and if he's going to be 20 minutes, you know, I might go upstairs and take a shower. So um just wanted to know that time. And uh, my brother was just huffy and he shouted at me. And my little nephew, Mikey, looked at me like, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I said, uh, I looked 
back at him and said, yeah, I don't know either, but it's all right. It's okay. You know, people get huffy and they react and we love them anyway. It's, it's not a big deal. It doesn't happen very often. So, um, in the past, uh, years ago, for sure, I can tell you, my reaction would have been, this is exactly why I cannot have a relationship with this man, with my brother. Because no matter what I ask, no matter how sweetly or gently, he's going to attack me because he does not love me. And there's nothing I can do to change that. It just is what it is. Why don't I just accept that he does not like me and he is going to do everything he can to make me know that. I mean, I literally would have gone there and I would have said, I'm not going out to dinner with everybody forget it i know i would have sulked i would have left the house literally i would have left the house and i would have waited till everybody left and i would have taken a shower later that's how far my ego would have taken it i i just i think it's really important because for me to disclose the facts and i am not ashamed of how i used to be because that's not how i am anymore and i was acting from the ego, and I am not the ego, nor have I ever been. I am not now, nor have I ever been an ego. I am perfect love, now and forever. I am perfect. I am perfect. I am perfect love, and I always have been, and I always will be. This is the unchangeable truth about Jennifer. And because I know it for myself, I can know it for you and I can know it for my brother even when he's yelling at me and it doesn't make any sense. So I just let it be. I just let it be that he yelled at me. If anything, I think I felt, I did have the thought, you know, for a second. Maybe I shouldn't go out to dinner with them. But I didn't think it like, I'm going to punish him. I'm going to punish everybody in this family, which is how I used to think of it. I'm going to punish. I'm going to punish. I'm going to punish. That's my retaliation. I will punish you. You will feel my wrath. I will punish. Um, In fact, my brother would make a joke of it. Uh, my ex-boyfriend, uh, is, uh, my brother's best friend and they would, they would make a joke of uh, it and they would go, punish, punish. <laughs> um, and, uh, so I just, uh, Ben came out of the shower after a few more minutes. I went in, I had my shower, I got dressed and ready to go. And when we were <clears throat> getting ready, to go, um, I walked by my brother, who was sitting in the dining room, working on his computer, and he said, oh, hey, by the way, I, I, I'm sorry I yelled at you, I'm sorry I got so angry, and uh, and he, he was very sincere, very genuine, and I said, you know, it's okay, Mike, I, I don't know what it was about, but uh, it's totally okay, I actually didn't even take it personally, I just knew it was something going on. And um, and that feels so good. 
feels so good because, you know, the underlying message of all of that is we love each other. We love each other. And even though we have differences, we don't always understand each other, we love each other. Because love comes from, we know when someone loves us because they're kind. I'm watching this gorgeous blue heron gently walk around in the, the, where the tide is going out here looking for treasures. And the way it's walking, it's so gentle and, uh, that gentleness, that kindness is evidence that there's love. We were talking about this in Masterful Living last night, too. And because we were talking about generosity, ways to be generous. And so I told the story of my brother yelling at me and my being able to have generosity of heart and not be irritated or frustrated or take it personally or need to retaliate or any of that to just let it be. It's okay. People can get mad. It's not a big deal. It's such a wonderful gift that we can give ourselves first and foremost because, of course, the biggest gift was I did not go into resentment. I did not go into retaliation. So I did not have any drop in my self-esteem or my sense of worthiness. I didn't make the meaning of it that he didn't love me or didn't care about me or that, uh, or any number of, of things I could have done. And I would have done 10 years ago. For sure I would have gone there. For sure. And I see that growth and change in myself. And I see it in others, in my spiritual community, in our Masterful Living community, the Power of Love community. I see that. It's extending and extending. And you see, what I have witnessed over the last 25 years of my life is that my family has, is so much more loving. Because I can say too that 10 years ago, my brother would not have apologized to me. I would have escalated it. I would have turned it into a war. I, I mean, seriously, I might even have left the house, left the vacation. Uh, that's how hot-headed I used to be. And it was why. Why was I so hot-headed? It was because I was so insecure. Why was I so insecure? Because I believed I was unworthy. It's not my brother's fault that I had that belief. In fact, I've come to see that my sense of unworthiness was something that a belief that I brought in this lifetime to heal, and my brother has helped me to feel worthy of love, regardless of what he is doing or not doing. And everything that he ever did that triggered me helped me to come into my right mind. And all it took was my true, authentic willingness. In uh, 
Chapter 1 of the text, Section 7, is entitled, Distortions of Miracle Impulses. And this I find so helpful for us, so valuable for us to understand. Distortions of miracle impulses. It says, your distorted perceptions produce a dense cover over miracle impulses, making it hard for them to reach your own awareness. So I'm going to use this example of this experience with my brother that I had the other day. So... If I had been looking at his yelling at me through the perception of I'm not good enough, I don't deserve love, I'm a bad, bad seed, which is what I used to believe about myself. If I had looked at what was going on through that distorted perception, I would have, as I uh, already Described, I would have had uh, a hot-headed, knee-jerk reaction that would have set off a chain of events that would have rippled out through the whole family, disturbing everyone's peace, and most especially mine, and who knows where it could have led to. But because I am willing to accept that I am perfect love, and so is my brother, and that that momentary explosion is actually a cry for love and an opportunity to extend kindness and generosity. I took it as the opportunity that it was. And I knew, because I know my brother pretty well, I knew that if I had said to him, hey, Mike, I don't know what's bothering you, but if you want to talk about it, he would have been like, oh, don't start with me. But just saying, uh, I just stayed really calm, very, very calm, and said, because he said, I don't know what you want from me. I said, I just very gently, I said, I just wanted to un- know how much longer Ben thought he would be. He's like, well, you ask him. I said, well, the thing was, he wasn't responding to me, which is why I asked you to help me. And he's like, well, you know, and he, you know, walked away. I don't remember exactly what he said in that moment, but I, I was okay. I was like, well, you know, I, Ben's got the message. He'll, he'll be out before too long. So I felt comfortable standing there, even though I was dripping wet, standing, stood in the hallway, uh, on the, <laughs> anyway, um, if I had the distorted perceptions, It would have been a dense cover over my miracle impulses, making it hard for the miracle impulses to reach my awareness. But because I had a clearer perception, I was able to recognize the miracle impulses, which were to not speak to him sharply, to not get defensive in any way, to not agree that there was an attack. Perhaps my brother wanted to attack me and that's why he was yelling. I think honestly he was in some way defending himself. I think that, who knows, maybe he was doing something else and didn't want to be interrupted. He felt like he had failed me. He was trying to help me. I don't know exactly why he started yelling except that he was believing something that wasn't true. 
So why would I echo that and, and add to it my own false beliefs? Instead, I was able to stay in my loving heart and extend love and compassion and generosity by just being peaceful. Yep, I just wanted to know that it's okay. And moving on to the next thing. Don't need to stay in that place. It's a storm cloud in the sky. Storm clouds don't ever stay. There are no permanent storm clouds. They all move through the sky and dissipate. New ones may form, but that will dissipate. Let it dissipate. And I did. So the miracle impulses, I was in tune with them. It says here, the confusion of miracle impulses with physical impulses is a major perceptual distortion. Physical impulses are misdirected miracle impulses. All real pleasure comes from doing God's will. Now, physical impulses and miracle impulses. Miracle impulses are to express something, to be something. There may be some doing involved, but it's really about the energetic of the intention, the expression, extending love. Those are the miracle impulses. Physical impulses, uh, the, it's talking about here, the confusion of miracle impulses with physical impulses is a major perceptual distortion. Physical impulses are misdirected miracle impulses. All real pleasure comes from doing God's will. So, uh, oftentimes people will think, I need to do something here. And it's really coming from the ego. It's not a miracle impulse. It's a physical impulse. And so we we can look at uh, this one example I just gave. I didn't need to physically pursue my brother. What's really going on here? Why are you yelling? What's really upsetting you? No, I didn't need to do any of that. He can do that work within himself. I know him well enough, and I'm not his counselor, and he does not want me to be. I've learned that with my family. I learned it the hard way, like many spiritual students do. My family members do not want my advice unless I ask, unless they ask for it. They do not want it. Most family members do not want any advice unless they ask for it. And it's always best to let them ask for it. Because people, I know, I I don't generally wish for people's advice unless I ask for it. Although I'll give you this caveat because um, I will say to, I say to my close family members and friends, to the people on my staff, I say, if you can see something that I don't see, 
Make the suggestion, please, because there's too much going on for me to see everything. And I sometimes I'm so inner focused or I'm so focused on particular objectives uh, that I am not paying attention to lots of details. And uh, I can use help. And that's why I say it takes a village to raise a minister. Um, but a lot of times our physical impulses are to defend ourselves, uh, which then affirms we're being attacked, which I certainly could have done. But I, I really, I didn't feel what was going on was really anything to do with me. Energetically, I could feel that. And again, I could feel that because my perceptions were not distorted. Because I was standing firmly in my loving heart. And it says, all physical pleasure comes from doing God's will. This is because not doing it is a denial of self. Not doing it is a denial of self. And we will get more into that. It's so funny. I Sometimes I, the way spirit directs me is so different than I had thought it would be. I never thought I was going to tell that story or even bring it up. Isn't that funny? Yes. Uh, I'd like to... Um, just tell you a couple of quick things here before we go to break because uh, there are a number of things that are coming up and uh, sometimes I forget to make the announcements in September we're going to be doing another Living a Course of Miracles series and I'm excited about that Holy Spirit has provided yet another theme with beautiful topics got some beautiful teachers lined up for you we'll be announcing that um, in another week or so maybe next week and uh, we're still putting it takes a oof, takes a lot of work to put on a living a course of miracles free class series so it's but as soon as it's available we'll let you know the free text messages are still uh, a great way to stay in tune with things um and you can sign up for those at livingacourseofmiracles.com and jenniferhadley.com. I uh, am doing three events in October and one in December. Uh, and part of why I wanted to make sure I tell you is we've got the early bird price is expiring September 2nd for the Forgive and Be Free retreat in October and for the spiritual counseling training intensive in October and the forgiven be free retreat uh, I'm doing this again this year and if you go to my web page at jenniferhadley.com you can see what others have said about it that went to it last year I I intentionally waited until eight nine ten months later to ask people what how did you feel how do you feel now about the work you did last October? And so that you can see that people are saying, this changed my life. The work I did there changed my life. And as I say all the time, I, I can't change other people's lives. I can change my own. And I can share with you what I've done and what it means to me and my family, my friends, my community, uh, and I can support you in changing your life, but you're the one that has to make that decision to forgive. 
and to have a spiritual practice that works for you. You're the one that has to change your mind, just like I did with my brother. Uh, no one could do that for me. I did that uh, with Spirit's help, and of course, I'm one with Spirit, so we did it. Yay for, for God. Um, and my objective at this forgiveness retreat, as it was last year, is to do the deep forgiveness work to have a lot of fun and to let go of the attachments of the past so you can permanently move on. And I do this retreat in October so that people can really allow it to permeate their consciousness, percolate in their heart so that they have a different experience uh Throughout the holidays, you know, in, in the United States, we have our biggest family holiday of the year is at the end of October, November, uh, the fourth Thursday in November when Thanksgiving is. That's literally the biggest family holiday in the United States because it's not a religious holiday. It's an American holiday and it's about Thanksgiving. So people gather their families in big gatherings and, uh, it's the biggest travel holiday of the year. And, um, uh, then we go into Christmas. We're also going right two weeks or so before November. We go to the darkest time of the year. We turn the clocks and uh, daylight savings time ends and uh, we're coming to that um, winter solstice and uh, the darkest day of the year. And these are the times that are the most difficult for people. And so doing that deep forgiveness gives you a chance to end the year on a high and feel really good about being more loving, being more free, being more awake and alive, and doing the Course in Miracles forgiveness work. And then you're in a whole new position to start 2018 that new year. And so this is why I'm doing this retreat at this time. It's why we have payment plans. Anyone who would like to come, we will do everything we can to support you in doing this work. And then uh, it leads right into the spiritual counseling training intensive. Many people are going to do both. Uh, and the spiritual counseling training intensive is open to anyone who would like to uh, develop a greater sense of self-esteem and worthiness and who would like to do deep healing work, expand their intuitive faculties and uh really feel a great deal better about themselves, much more empowered. That is a lot of the primary work that we must do in order to be effective spiritual counselors. So that's why it's an intensive training. It's a week long. And as I said, uh, there are a number of people who are coming to both. And then uh, at the end of the year, I'm doing an extra day this year, an extra day and night, my New Year's retreat. The October events are in North Carolina. The New Year's retreat, this is right at Unity Village uh, in the middle of the United States, and it's a quick trip to the airport from Unity Village. So we're going to do four nights, five days, New Year's Reboot Retreat to really rocket ourselves into this new year. This is my plan for us this fall. I invite you to check out all the details at jenniferhadley.com and uh, on the events page. And now I'm going to go to my break. 
Uh, I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we are living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. (laughs) Our topic is... God's will for us, and I was sharing about the distortions of miracle impulses before we went to the break, and the where it says all real pleasure comes from doing God's will. Let's let's really focus in on that because uh, so often don't we think that the the real pleasure is going to come from sneaking around God's will. And that God's will for us is does not include pleasure, right? Because we think pleasure is limited to things like things related to the body, right? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And uh, self-medication, we think that these are the things that are pleasurable. Well, wouldn't we like to experience all day long the pleasure from doing God's will wouldn't we then feel so good about ourselves because we're aligned with God's will so let's find out what God's will for us really is and it says here first let's let's delve into this as promised that not doing God's will is a denial of self denial of self cannot be pleasurable, right? So there are things that we think are pleasurable. The mind has equated pleasure with them. I know for me, my mind equated pleasure with self-medication, that somehow that was pleasurable. Now I can see in retrospect that I don't engage in it anymore, which is another unbelievable miracle. That I just, I, I mean, there are times when I think, oh yeah, ice cream and pie, blueberry pie in the summertime here in Maine, we have the world's best blueberries, the wild blueberries. And I had a piece of pie the other night that was so tasty. There was so much pleasure in eating that pie. Forget the ice cream. Don't need the ice cream. Just give me the pie. It was so good. But you know what? I didn't feel any desire or impulse. To, I shared a piece, and that was plenty. It was plenty. I was happy. There's no need to overdo it. Overdoing it, I used to do that all the time with everything from food, alcohol, exercise, work, no pleasure from that at all. That's obsessive-compulsive behavior. There's no pleasure in it. Right? It's, it's done to self-medicate, to uh, dampen your feelings, to 
place your mind elsewhere to tune out from God. But the tuning into God, that's where the real pleasure is. So it says, All real pleasure comes from doing God's will. This is because not doing it is a denial of self. Again, we're in chapter 1 of the text, section 7, paragraph 1. It says, Denial of self results in illusions. Oh, that's how we got in this place. This That's how we got in this mess in the first place. Denial of self results in illusions, while correction of the error brings release from it. So we don't really have to focus on correcting the error. All we have to do is be willing. The, the swamp is an illusion. The t- thinking of draining the swamp. The swamp is an illusion. Let's instead just make an offering of all the trash in our mind to the Holy Spirit for healing. That's so much easier. Denial of self results in illusions while correction of the error brings release from it. Do not deceive yourself into believing that you can relate in peace to God or to your brothers with anything external. All right, so relating in peace, just like my experience with my brother the other day, it's happening at the level of the mind. And, you know, our, the mind of God is in our heart. It really is. Teach only love, for that is what you are. Child of God, Jesus says to us. Child of God, that's his name for us here. You were created to create the good, the beautiful, and the holy do not forgive this. Forget this. The love of God for a little while must still be expressed through one body to another because vision is still so dim. You can use your body best to help enlarge your perception so you can achieve real vision of which the physical eye is incapable. Learning to do this is the body's only true usefulness. So through connecting with others, hugging them, holding their hand, making love. All of these ways are ways to experience both pleasure and God connection. And so we can make our physical connections sacred and have even more pleasure. The only real pleasure, all real pleasure comes from doing God's will. In chapter 2, in section 6, which is Fear and Conflict, one of my all-time favorites sections in the whole of the book, Fear and Conflict, section 2, section 6, chapter 2, section 6, in paragraph 6, it says, It is possible to reach a state in which you bring your mind under my guidance without conscious effort. Yes, and we are going for it, Jesus. But this implies a willingness that you've not yet developed. Not developed yet. Well, we're we're doing it, though, right? Aren't we? Let's make this our goal. This is part of our, our intention is to be able to have our mind under Jesus' guidance without conscious effort. 
Yes. Did you know that you could do that? Through our willingness, it happens. The Holy Spirit cannot ask more than you are willing to do. The strength to do comes from your undivided decision. That's where we take our stand. An undivided decision to work for God Incorporated. It's one of the ways I think about it. Undivided decision to be truly helpful. Undivided decision to choose love. So when I, oop, I I made a decision that's unloving, immediately I make a loving decision and now I'm back. I'm back. I slipped on the slope of slipperiness for five seconds, for ten seconds, for a minute, for a day, but not a year, not a decade. Our willingness allows us to recover so quickly. There's no strain in doing God's will as soon as you recognize that it is also your own. So this is the thing for us to realize, that our will is God's will because we are not separate. God's will for us is perfect happiness and perfect peace. In chapter 3, making our way through the chapters here, section 2, which is entitled Miracles as True Perception, paragraph 4, it says, You are afraid of God's will because you have used your own mind, which God created in the likeness of his own, to miscreate. So that's why we're afraid of God's will, because we have used the mind of God to miscreate. So what do we, how do we get out of that fear of God's will? We say, I forgive myself. I'm not going to judge myself for that anymore. That was then. This is now. Now is the place where the love is. Now is the place where the healing is. Now is the place. Where I can choose freedom. Yes. Yes. I just feel that. Feel how good that feels. In chapter 5, section 2, which is entitled The Voice for God, it says in paragraph 8, The Holy Spirit is the way in which God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Both heaven and earth are in you because the call of both is in your mind. The voice for God comes from your own altars to God. So the altar to God is in our heart. And that's where the call, the voice for God is heard in our heart. And the Holy Spirit is our guide in choosing. It says here, the Holy Spirit is your guide in choosing. The Holy Spirit is the part of your mind. That's why I call it the higher Holy Spirit self. The Holy Spirit is in the part of your mind that always speaks for the right choice because the Holy Spirit speaks for God. The Holy Spirit is your remaining communication with God, which you can interrupt but you cannot destroy. So we can interrupt our communication with God by means of the higher Holy Spirit self. 
but we cannot ever destroy it. So even if you make your bed in hell, God is there. Love is there. Your redemption is there. Your holiness is there. Your healing is there. No matter how deprived or depraved you feel, your holiness is intact. And there is a way out because there is a voice for God. The Holy Spirit is the way in which God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. And so we are aligning with God's will. In chapter 7, section 4, which is entitled Healing as the Recognition of Truth, in paragraph 2, it says the Holy Spirit must work through you to teach you. The Holy Spirit is in you. This is an intermediary step toward the knowledge that you are in God because you are part of God. You're part of God. So how could your holiness ever be damaged or hurt or faded? It's not possible. We're part of God. What part of God is diminished? No part of God is diminished, ever. And we are part of God. The miracles the Holy Spirit inspires in you can have no order of difficulty because every part of creation is of one order. There's oneness. So there's no order of difficulty for us to live a miraculous life. The Holy Spirit's inspiration is alive in us continuously. Our willingness to hear the voice for God is all that's required. The miracles the Holy Spirit inspires can have no order of difficulty because every part of creation is one order. This is God's will and yours. The laws of God establish this, and the Holy Spirit reminds you of it. When you heal, you are remembering the laws of God and forgetting the laws of the ego. I said before that forgetting is merely a way of remembering better. So that's it. Forgetting what we think we've learned in this life about how it's supposed to be. Instead, say, and this is one of the things that that I've learned and that I teach in my classes is let's let's forget let's forget and one of my prayers my daily prayers for several years was let me forget every trespass and every trespasser every in other words let me forget the debts and the debting the trespasses and the trespassing not the, necessarily the trespassers but let me forget the that there is debt, even possible. If all is one, how can there be debt? Uh, how can anybody owe me anything? Meaning, how can, I mean, yes, someone can owe me $10. People make payments on retreats, as I was talking about before. And the, they owe the ministry the money. But nobody owes me kindness. Nobody owes me um, respect. Nobody owes me in that way. We can let that thought go. Oh my goodness. Yes. 
So God's will for us is perfect happiness and perfect peace. And this is how we begin to discover it and uncover it. The, but just think of pleasure comes from doing God's will. The greatest pleasure, the true pleasure, comes from doing God's will. This is God's will for us to live in perfect happiness. Not to be punished for our sins. Let's forget the sins. Let's focus on remembering rather than remembering what's true eternally rather than the trespasses and the debts. Yes. Oh, my goodness, the time does fly. Uh, we are transcribing these radio shows. The transcripts are available for free download. We haven't transcribed all 300 and this is, I think, number five episodes. We haven't transcribed them all, but if there's one that you'd particularly have a hankering for, just write to us at admin at jenniferhadley.com. We'll put it to the top of the list. I transcribe my daily prayers. Uh, I do this in part. Uh, we asked, uh, we were asked repeatedly to provide materials for the deaf, for people who, for whom English is a second language, and we're doing that because of the generous donations of uh, people who appreciate what we're offering. And so, if you appreciate it, uh, we appreciate your appreciation very much. Your contributions are what makes so much possible, including the text messages, uh, which uh, so many people have told me they really appreciate and enjoy. They seem to arrive at the perfect time. So the perfect time is now for us to choose love, and I'm going to invite you to place your hand on your heart, as I am doing. And we give thanks to take this breath of love and gratitude and to consciously recognize the higher Holy Spirit self is leading us and guiding us in every moment. And we're grateful and thankful to live in God's love, to be aligned with the love of God in every moment. We're laying on the altar all thoughts of separation, grateful to let them go, to be dissolved and resolved permanently back to the root cause so that all we know is perfect holiness, perfect oneness. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks for joining me.